Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hey, For The Girl fam, welcome back to another episode of the For The Girl podcast. We are excited for this episode. We're talking about looking for evidence of God moving. And I know all you single ladies out there are excited for this one. You're like, wait, are you telling me that there might be like something happening that I'm not aware of? And that's kind of what we're telling you. We're telling you that God is on the move and that he's working in your life in ways that you might not be seeing because of maybe your attitude or your approach to dating. And so hopefully you get a lot from this and get excited. And for anybody who's in a relationship and looking for answers and wanting to move forward or don't know if you should, I think this will also give you so much clarity of how to like ask God these questions and how to pray, how to talk to him and how to move forward. So it's going to be a really, really fruitful app. Yeah. So if God is on the move, we are helping you make a move. So it is time for Mac and Ken's help you make a move. So I love today's submission, Ken's. This is one I think you and I will just have fun answering. So Okay, I can't. She says, hi for the girl. Okay, so my situation, I just started attending a new church going to young adult services, and I have developed somewhat of a crush on my young adult pastor. And then she gave a little emoji where she's like, covers her (laughs) mouth like, oh. She said, I'm trying to uncover whether this is just an attraction to him being a phenomenal preacher and teacher or someone I look up to, (laughs) or if this could potentially be something more there. Ah, Help me. (laughs) That's it. That is amazing. Yes. Okay, short and sweet. We love that. Okay. Okay. I need some visuals for this one. Why do I need it? I'm like, I need to see this pastor. I need to see the thing. I was going to start off by just saying, first off, this is so real. And the, okay, you know, Ken's and I sit with a lot of, a lot of girls in their 20s and hang out and hear their life stories. And the amount of times I've sat with a girl who's like, I have a crush on my pastor, my, you know, whatever, like somebody, somebody who's in ministry, the worship leader, whatever it is. I think it's like a real thing that all we as Christian women need to realize that like there's nothing more attractive than when you're pursuing Jesus, seeing a guy up on stage pursuing Jesus. And it's just like it's interesting because it's a very public display of someone who loves Jesus. And so, you know, there's 500 people sitting in the audience, 200 people, however many, and then there's like one person. And if he happens to be single, oftentimes they don't even have to be that good looking. You're just like, (laughs) you're just like, that is my husband. (laughs) And I think this is a very real, real, real thing. So I love even her kind of realization of like, am I just attracted to him because he's in he's you might yeah and that's the reality is you might just be (laughs) well and I'd ask yourself too are you ready to be like a pastor's wife are you I I do think I bring that up because okay what girl doesn't want to be the pastor's wife either Ken's (laughs) I don't know that I would want to I feel like as like majority Christian girls out there are like that is the (laughs) life sign me up (laughs) 
That's funny. This is bringing me back to um, bringing me back to for the girl tour. We did like a quiz that was like, who are you more like, Mac and Ken's? And there was like, what type of boy are you attracted to, an entrepreneur or a football player, or something like that? And everybody, or like sporty boy or yeah. something. And I was like, entrepreneur, and you were like sporty boy, and like the majority is like with you. Yeah, I'm like thinking, I don't know if I would actually want to be a puzzle's wife. I don't know, but I get what yeah, you're saying because. Yeah. Really fun and exciting. Yeah. Okay. That's great. We love that. Uh, okay. But okay. So, okay. You have a crush on him. That is amazing. It could go so many different ways. Okay. So, ooh. You got <laughs> I, something? I got something. <laughs> okay. Please give, please. <laughs> okay. I think it's important to realize that, you, like we said, this is normal. There's probably a lot of girls at this church who also have a crush on him. And I think one thing, yeah. uh, I think it's really important to separate the two. So when you are there and attending, it's really easy to go to these things because of a guy. And it can just kind of cloud your heart and distort your heart a lot. And I I just think for you, kind of setting aside the crush and just trying to use this time for you to grow in your relationship with Christ, for you to be a part of community. And I just trust, I trust that a lot of what you're going to hear in this episode through this process of what we're going to introduce. I just trust that like, if this is supposed to be something like God will make it so clear and so obvious. And if you are staying close to his heart, so close to his voice, like listening for him, growing with him in your maturity and your wisdom and your spiritual intimacy, you will know, and he will lead you in that direction. And if this guy is an awesome man of God, (laughs) you know, supposedly he is, then he will, he will, be clear and kind in his pursuit of you if that is meant to be. And so I just think the best thing you can do here is just continue going all in on your relationship with Jesus, seeking out his voice, and then trusting that if it is right, the door will be open there. And yeah, I think this is one <laughs> This is one that I'm not sure I would pursue right now, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask, I was like, okay, we've talked about in the past, like, you know, making the first move, dropping the hanky, but this is, well, this is, I would challenge you. Mm-hmm. Do you even know him off of the stage? Because I think all you're seeing is in, in, from my little understanding of this submission, all you're seeing is him in his ministry life. And it's, you don't you might be attracted to that but you don't even know who he is outside of that apart from that aside from that and so i think if you were to get to know him and build a friendship with him and all those things and still have feelings for him That's- then i would say you could kind of make a move in the sense of saying like hey all I like right you. okay so clarity here first step obviously go all in with the relationship with jesus don't be showing up for this boy check your heart blah 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 <laughs> Step two is you need to you need to like just think of him as a friend first, like somebody else in your life. You just need to like get to know him off the stage. Very, very good. Cause you might change your mind. I mean, you really might change your mind. You might be like, this guy's crazy. Oh my gosh, he's a weirdo. Or you might be like, oh my gosh, he's better than I imagined. So figure that out for yourself off of the stage. Cause it sounds like you really don't know him right now. And then maybe can make a move, but we'll see when you get there, you know? In my humble opinion, sometimes the guys who get all the girls' attention because they're up on a stage and everything, 
sometimes aren't the best. Sometimes the best guys are the guys holding the door for you. He's serving in the sound booth. He's serving in the places that nobody is seeing. And those are the guys that I think often get overlooked, but they are humbly serving behind the scenes. And they are not the guys who are getting all the girls. So sometimes those are the winners. Those are the winners. And I think we miss them, Christian girls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh, you guys, like literally we've talked some about on the podcast how I've like dated people a lot. I have not dated the hottie toddies. I've been dating the underdogs and it's the way to go. Okay, guys, not the underdogs of character, like character is solid, but they might not be the ones that are the flashy ones that all the girls love, you know, and sometimes that is your best rounds. We'll save that for another podcast. This might be our best advice we've ever given of looking (laughs) at the guys on the stage and look for the guy in the sound booth and get to know him. It's really true. Or serving in the children's area or serving as a it's the parking really guys. True. The parking guys. Wow. I mean, we, we can't like confirm that their personalities or character <laughs> is amazing, but chances are great. And then also if you're like, oh, but they're not as like swaggy or whatever. They're not as cool. Guys, that can change later Oh, on. You can help a guy you out. You can help a guy yeah. out. Okay, wait. I hope all the For the Girl girls are now flirting with the parking guys. Please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> or just the guy that's showing up at church and hasn't quite volunteered yet, but like, you see him every week with his Bible in hand or taking notes in the back. He's our guy. I mean, we want a guy that's involved, of course, but let's look for those ones too. This is pastors are great too. Uh, They're awesome too. I'm, I'm, we're giving them a hard time, but yeah. No, later in this episode, you guys are going to hear a saga of a pastor story that I had a crush on, and it did not work out well. And honestly, that is. I mean, if you're ready for if you if you want to put yourself out there and you know have like a strong chance of getting rejected. (laughs) That's great. That is great. And we love that. We love rejection. It makes you stronger. It honestly doesn't even hurt that much. So maybe do that. But like, it's just better the other route. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That one got us going. I love it. Thank you for submitting your story. That's a fun one. And hopefully, 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 maybe the pastor wakes out, but I kind of am hoping that your crush. I'm kind of hoping she ends up with the parking team guy. And then we get to celebrate that moment. So, okay. All right. For the Girl Fam, it is time to get into today's episode. Let's do it. All right. So today's episode is one that I've been super excited about. This is one that I'm also very passionate about. LOL, passionate about all things these days. (laughs) But I could get fired up about this one because there were so many seasons in my single life where it just felt like I was facing rejection after rejection, disappointment after disappointment, closed door after closed door, like lonely season after lonely season. And if you were anything like me, then that led to a lot of moping around, a lot of feeling sorry for myself, a lot of doubts, a lot of questions, and just like kind of this Eeyore vibe of my entire (laughs) single season of just being like, why am I the only one? And, you know, God, where are you at? And what's going on? And I just felt like really lethargic in those seasons and just really frustrated because I was, you know, 
trying to put myself out there and just, again, facing rejection after rejection. And I actually share about it more in the Dating Devo, but there was really like one conversation that actually happened at Ken's wedding, LOL, uh, that kind (laughs) of shifted things for me and kind of gave me a new perspective. But I really believe that if, if this is you in this season, if you're just that girl who's facing disappointment after disappointment, heartbreak after heartbreak, rejection after rejection, loneliness followed by even more loneliness, if you find yourself in a season like that, I think we either have two options. The first Like I just talked about, we can feel sorry for ourselves and we can start to believe that maybe God has totally forgotten about us or even that he simply doesn't care. Or the other option is to remember the truth of who God is, to remember how much he loves you, how much he sees you, how much he cares for you, and to start to see everything happening or not happening in your life as evidence, literal concrete evidence evidence that God is up to something beautiful in your life and in your story. And I I think just sharing that, like, that's obviously the better option, you know, instead of moping around all sad and lonely, what if we started looking for evidence of God's faithfulness in our lives? And that's kind of going to be what we're going to talk about in this episode. Rather than using whatever season we're in right now, to be more reasons that God doesn't care about us or God doesn't see us or or God's never going to move in our story. What if we use this season right here, right now to begin to just seek out evidence of how God is actually moving and how God is actually working? And it's such a posture shift and mm-hmm. it can feel maybe daunting and mysterious. How do I do that? We're going to talk a lot more about that throughout this podcast episode. But I just believe yeah. that for me, things started to shift in my singleness, not meaning like suddenly things started happening, but my heart posture changed when I just kind of switched this in my mind rather than seeing like, oh, this guy doesn't like me. Oh, it's never going to happen for me. Like, oh, again, another disappointment. I started seeing it as like, okay, that's more evidence that God, you are so good and I'm going to trust you because that must not be the right thing for me. And so, yeah, yeah that's what we're going to kind of dig into in this episode. And it's something that helped me a lot in my singleness. And I think it's something that can help you in whatever season of dating and relationships you're in right now. Yes, I think it's really easy, especially when it comes to dating and relationships to get mopey, like you said, especially through comparison, you know, looking at friends and being like, oh, I wish that was my story. That's not me. Wah, wah, wah. And then also I think in casual conversation with girlfriends too, right? We're like, oh my gosh, it just sucks. He's not interested. Oh my gosh. Wah. Or we're like gossiping about somebody else and we get in these negative mindsets and these perspectives of, okay, like that's happening for everybody else but me, like you said. And Yeah, I love having a conversation. Like, I wonder what it would look like if so many more women decided to have conversations that were, that just look different than that, like expecting big things of God. We've talked about this before, but I think it's so easy to get in a mindset of like expecting little just because on a, on a day-to-day basis, maybe with like our parents or with the spouse or with somebody else in your your life, you are like, okay, I'm just going to keep my expectations low so I'm not let down or mm-hmm. whatever. But the reality is in the kingdom of God and when we are following the Lord who can do miraculous things, move mountains, change scenarios, 
swap everything up in a second time. Like we can trust that he has something really, really good for us. And I just wonder what it would look like to have more conversation with expectation for God to do big things. And then also to carry that mindset on our loneliest days too. I just think we would see so much more evidence and we would get so much more excited and expectant and the journey of our singleness would be just 10 times more fun. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And uh, there's just been one passage of scripture that has really been speaking to me in this current season. And I'm not single in this season, but there are just things even in marriage that I find my heart longing for and yearning for. And sometimes when you're in waiting seasons, no matter what your waiting season looks like, it can just be, it can be hard. Like, how do I, how do I, confront these desires that I have while also trusting God with these desires. And this verse has just come alive for me because I love a process. You know, I love like a, hey, God, how can I go through this with you? How can I process through this with you? And this has just been a verse that I feel like God's really highlighted for me in this season. And it's one that I maybe didn't have in my single season, but It is one that I want to just speak over all of you single girls out there and even all of you girls that find yourself in waiting seasons. Maybe you're in a relationship and you're desperately waiting on that engagement. Like this can be for you. Maybe you're uh, desperately waiting for community. This can be for you. It can be for any sort of thing where you're trying to bring a desire of your heart to the Lord and trust him with it. And so uh, we're going to be in Matthew 7, 7 through 8. This is just a, a little verse from the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus is just dropping like truth bomb after truth bomb. <laughs> and uh, I love, love, love this verse. And I just really feel like it was highlighted for me differently in the last couple months. And I'm excited for us to jump into it because I think this is going to be a really beautiful process and way for us to look for evidence of God's goodness in our current season. So I'll read it to you. It's Matthew 7, 7 through 8. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So that's asking, and it'll be given to you, seeking, and you will find, knocking, and the door will be opened to you. And anytime I've heard people talk about this verse in the past, to me, it just sounded like, okay, this is just a reminder to pray, pray, pray. They're just saying like, hey, don't forget to pray, like pray, pray, pray. If there's anything you desire in your life, pray and like watch what God does with it. And I think that is true. I think this is, in a, in a sense, you know, referencing to prayer, but I think it's, it's even deeper than that. I think these are three very distinct words that I want to pay attention to what Jesus is distinctly telling us to do or inviting us into. And so we're just kind of going to walk through those three verbs. The first one being asking. Are you asking God about the things that your heart desires. And you're probably like, yes, Mac, I have been, you know, praying about a future husband so many times. Like, I'm honestly sick of praying that prayer. Like, yes, I've asked God a million times, God, you know, will you move in a relationship for me? Will you give me a relationship? Will you give me a husband? And, you know, there's been so many seasons of my life when I was really trying to be diligent and coming to God and asking him for the things that I wanted. Those questions. God, would you give me a husband? God, like I desperately need community. God, would you provide the right living situation for me? And God, you know, can you open the door for this opportunity for me? And those are 
good questions and helpful questions, but I think there are different kinds of questions that we can actually be asking Jesus, that we can actually be asking God that honestly, I think are a little bit more fruitful and a little bit more helpful. And so I think that for me, there are different seasons where I started asking God different questions. So the question started to sound a little bit more like this, God, what's the most important thing you want to tell me right now? Or God, what do you want to say to me about my future husband? Or God, what type of community do you desire for me? Or God, what do you want me to do next in this situation? And that first set of questions, like I said, they can be good and helpful prayers. I think it's important to be honest before the Lord and and to make your requests known to him for community, for a husband, for, you know, a job opportunity. But I don't know about you, but when I was praying those prayers, I I constantly found myself frustrated when it felt like God wasn't answering those prayers. But the truth was that, you know, I already had the answer in mind in those prayers. And I was just kind of like waiting around, twiddling my thumbs, waiting for God to almost act as my personal genie. And I think because when asking God for things, we're often looking for something to satisfy us or something to comfort us or sustain us apart from the fullness of who God is. And we know from Romans 8.28 that God is always working for our good. And sometimes our like temporary and and kind of self-focused desires aren't actually going to bring about good in our lives. And God might actually see a different path in a different way that we can't always recognize or see in our humanity. And so, you know, in the last year or so, I've simply like changed the questions that I've been asking in my prayers And I've found that in this season of life, like I feel like answers are coming in abundance. And rather than only asking God for things that I want, I simply tell God what's on my heart and mind. And then I ask him what he wants to say to that. And it's a small tweak, but it's a big, big change. And it's just amazing the answers that I've gotten in the last couple of years. You know, they've comforted me. They've sustained me. They've encouraged me. They've challenged me. They've drawn me in closer to the Father's heart. And I'm seeing the truth of that verse that like, ask and it will be given to you. Like God is giving me the answers that I've been asking because I've been asking him the right kind of questions. Not God, will you like give me this thing I want, but rather God, would you tell me the truth of what you want to say about this thing I want? And those answers are so much more for my good than if God just gave me the thing that I wanted. And so I just encourage you, yes, to begin asking God for things, but even more so, Asking God what he wants to speak into those things in your life. Because I believe when you ask him the right kind of questions, the questions that invite him to speak his truth, he will give in abundance these beautiful answers that give you so much hope and so much strength in these seasons of waiting. Yes, absolutely. Just a couple of weeks ago, oh, this is kind of funny. We were going to do the podcast intros this season about like our journal entries from past like things and like read them off. We thought it was going to be a funny thing, little segment to do. And so Mac was like, go back into your journals and read some of your like prayers and what you're asking God for or like what boy you're journaling about. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> I'll go look. I was kind of dragging my feet for this whole this whole creative idea. But I go into my basement and I like have a, you know, of course, like 30 different journals. 
half filled out. But as I was reading through them, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so confused. Like I was so <laughs> like, <laughs> I was so, you know, when we're talking about relationships, which are so like emotional, right? It's yeah. Like, crushes, love, liking, yeah, insecurities, pride. I mean, things we've talked about through this whole series. So it's it's like really emotional thing paired with trying to listen and get clarity from the voice of God, which just feels like the hardest area of our life to like hear from because mm. of how emotional it can be. And so I like that. I love, I love this conversation of rather than, you know, my whole journal is like, Lord, tell me if I need to break up with this boy or not. Tell me like if I should continue dating him or not. Like I was trying to ask specific things and stuff, but I was really not listening to his voice or getting yeah. any of the clarity that I needed because I was just like, there's self selfish prayers mixed with so much emotion. And I think that you'll find so much more clarity when you go about your prayers in this way. And yeah, I think that exactly what this scripture says, ask and it will be given to you. I really do believe that he will give you the wisdom that you need when you stop asking maybe these repetitive things and you just listen for his voice instead. Yeah. I, I could have learned that a lot sooner as I didn't realize until I looked same. at my <laughs> No, I was going to say same. I feel like I, I was asking the wrong questions. And the yeah. question, I think it's so important. The question I find myself asking more than anything in this season is just, God, what do you want me to know about this situation? Because sometimes we think, like you said, Ken's like, we want to know, okay, should I break up with him or shouldn't I break up with him? And God's like, there's so much more that I want you to know than just the simple yes or no answer. And it's mm -hmm. through the discernment of the things that God actually wants to speak to us. And I think he often leads us to the right decision when it comes to yes or no answers. And so I think sometimes we're just so busy, you know, looking for an answer that we miss out on all the other things that God wants to speak to us. And so I think this is just such a fun way, again, to look for evidence of how God is moving by asking him, God, what do you want me to know about my singleness? God, what do you want me to know about that heartbreak that I just went through? God, what do you want me to know about, you know, this decision I'm trying to make? And I think that's just a really beautiful question to start asking God day in and day out. And not just dating really in relationship things, but in everyday life situations and yeah. and getting really used to to how God speaks and what he wants to say to you. So yes. Mm -hmm. That is important. So yes, are you asking? Such a big part of looking for evidence, asking God the right kinds of questions. So then the next part of this passage says, seek and you will find. And this is for, for me when the evidence journey starts to get really fun. You get to be like Nancy Drew out there, you know, searching for clues mm. with your magnifying glass if or whatever it is. Did she use a magnifying glass? In my head, she did. To be honest, I don't even know who Nancy Drew is. You don't know who Nancy Drew is? <laughs> Wait, should I totally know? Yeah, that's oh, like a no. childhood book. And then I think there's a, a remake of the movie with uh, Emma Roberts, maybe, or something. Okay. Uh, okay, yeah. Moving on. Okay, so the word seek, when translated from Hebrew, means to search out by any method. So 
when we are seeking, we have to actually search things out by any method. So once we ask God a question, like we talked about, God, what do you want me to know about this situation? Then it's time to start paying attention because I don't know if you noticed all throughout scripture, God sometimes speaks audibly, but sometimes he speaks through all of these different crazy other ways too. And so when we're on this evidence journey, we have to pay attention. Seeking is this deeper search for clues and answers. And we get to start actively looking with open eyes for how God might be providing the answers to the very questions that he will have asked. And so God will often speak and move in creative and unique and little ways that we can often miss if we aren't actively seeking and paying attention. And I think it's so important just to, on your journey, start to look for God's kindness in everything, because it might not be obvious at first, but I can promise you that it is there. And this might come through just the scripture you read in the morning, like God might highlight a verse for you as you read scripture. And would you trust and would you see that as as evidence of God's goodness and God's kindness in your life and how he's answering the questions that you've asked? It might happen through a conversation with a friend where she just share something that you're like, wait, you're going through that? Or or you just like gave me the answer to the question that I've been asking God about. Like, how is that possible? It's possible because of the kindness of God and how he loves to answer our questions. It might show up through something that happens in your life through God's providence. It might just be something that randomly pops into your mind, like a a song from your childhood or, I don't know, a random quote or a random thing that you've never thought of before that just somehow encourages you or speaks to the questions that you've been asking It might come through like a moment in nature, seeing a pretty view, and you just are overwhelmed by the presence of God. It could even come through a breakup or something difficult happening in your life, and that might be the answer that you've literally been looking for. God can speak through literally anything, and He's not predictable. So that's why we have to be actively seeking how God might want to be answering and moving in our life. And there is evidence all around you for how God is moving. So we just want to be women who will seek it out and just have open eyes, open ears, open hearts for how he wants to speak and how he wants to move and how he wants to lead us one step closer to maybe these bigger answers that he wants to give us in our life. Mm-hmm. I think this is when the moping, the moping situation needs to stop because if we, rather than moping around like wah, 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 there's nothing for me. I must not be, I must not be worthy of love and all of these things that are totally lies, which we've talked about before. You need to distinguish like, you know, these lies that you're believing, these are not coming from God, but coming from Satan. And so that moping attitude is actually living apart from what God wants for you and, Mm. and is excited for you about. And so I think when we get excited, we're really just aligning with the heart of God and it's when the moping really needs to stop. And then we can get on the edge of our seats. Like, Oh my gosh, what are you going to do? Where are you moving? Okay. I'm going to choose this. And I know it's a really, it is, it's hard. It's a hard choice to make because (laughs) some of you probably listening are like, I have not had any guy interest in years now. And nobody seems like I'm not even like living in a place where this is possible. And like, there is nothing Things are bleak right now, but I think that that will quickly change as you start to get behind this and you start mm-hmm. to be like, okay, Lord, I'm going to get on that GBC. I'm going to start to be expectant 
of how you're moving, looking for evidence. We talked a lot about this actually in the Still the Same God series. We talked about how God still cares. I think it's in God Still Cares, that chapter, if you haven't gotten that study or listened to that podcast, um, or God Still Shows Up, one of the two, but we talk about like really how he is on the move. Yeah. And we just have to have this posture of expectancy. Mm. Like we see throughout scripture, I remember actually this story that we looked at was the story of Abraham and Sarah and just like their journey of infertility. And it wasn't until they like got expectant for God to give them a baby and they held on to that promise so tightly. They were like, okay, we're going to hold on to this promise. I believe you're going to provide this good thing for me, this desire of my heart. Mm. And as they walked in faith of that and got excited and got expectant, God moved and did the miraculous. And it's not until we do the same thing when we like are like, okay, God, I know you recognize this desire in me. I know you're a God of good gifts. I know you're a God of truth and goodness and joy. And we start to walk in that, like actually tangibly walking in that and believing that, that we will see see things come into fruition. We're really not going to and we're like moping around because like I started with, that's that's really aligning with kind of the voice yeah. of the enemy in your life and isn't going to get you anywhere. So yeah. Yeah. I think it's easy to see waiting seasons as boring and like wishing for the next, but I actually think this is so fun. This can be so fun if you can shift your posture to be like, wait, this is my season to to look for evidence of how God might move in the future. There's a podcast. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, it's a girl named Mia Fields. Someone sent this to me in my singleness, and it's her journey of literally looking for evidence of God in her kind of love story. And she like keeps a box, like an evidence box, and uh, she she gathers kind of like all these clues throughout her single season and then God moves in some really beautiful and cool ways. And I think it'll just give you some tangible, a tangible story of what that even can look like. And yes, her story came with like a lot of discouragement and being like, God, wait, what? I thought you were going to do this and then you did it. And I love that our journeys with God, we can't predict how he's going to move or what he's going to do. But that's why it's so fun to look for evidence because it comes in the most unexpected ways. And it comes in these beautiful times where like God knows what he's doing and we can trust him. And I think it's just so cool to be women who, like you said, Ken's are expectant for him to move and who have our eyes open and are seeking it out. Like we're, we're searching for it. We're looking for it. We're not just like waiting for it to find us. Like we're like, God, I know my God is good. I know my God is good. Like, let me see how he's moving and let me pay attention and let me praise him as I see him move and as I see him pursue my heart in such a cool way. So that is seek, Mm -hmm. seeking, seeking you will find. So we talked about how asking and it will be given when we ask God these, these great questions, when we seek out his goodness, we will find his goodness and his kindness. And then the last one says, knock, knock, and the door will be open to you. So Jesus invites us into this moment where we have to like actively go out on a limb, step out into a land of risk and knock on a door, knock on the doors that God is placing before us. And this involves action. This involves courage. This involves risk, faith, and even opening yourself up to failure. But I love that Jesus invites us to go out on a limb with him. And to trust that if whatever is behind the door is for us, it will open. And if not, if it's 
remains closed, then he will simply lead us to a different and far better door in his timing. And he just invites us to knock. And then we get to trust him ultimately with the opening and the closing of the doors. And we get to simply trust what happens. And so this is a big one in our dating lives. I think about knocking on doors and I kind of think about like three big buckets of girls who are maybe in the knocking phase of like a dating and relationship thing. And maybe you find yourself in one of these situations, but the the first situation would be like, perhaps there's a door that you've been standing behind forever and ever, but you are terrified to knock on that door. Maybe you have a crush on a guy. It is a long-term crush. You've been crushing on him for, you know, years. Or maybe it's like a situationship that you've held on to for years and years and years, but you've been too afraid to, to knock and to see what happens because perhaps you're afraid of rejection. Or maybe you've kind of built this fantasy in your mind of what a relationship could be, and you're terrified of what would happen if you lost that fantasy. And I have been this girl so many times where, like, I have had a crush on a guy for so long, like a year plus of my life. And I wasted so much of my time and energy dreaming up in my head what we could be like and fantasizing what it would be like to be in a relationship with this person. And I ended up falling for some guy that like, I honestly didn't even know because (laughs) I had never knocked on the door. I had never like put myself out there and trusted that if that person was right for me, like God would open the door. And if it wasn't, it would close and and I could trust God and I could trust his kindness and his faithfulness in it. And so I just think there are a lot of girls who are wasting their time, (laughs) terrified to knock on these doors. And it's honestly distracting them from these other really beautiful things that God might want to do in their life. And so if that's you, I just encourage you to knock. And we can talk a little bit more about what that might look like, but encourage you, like, will you go out on a limb with Jesus? And will you knock on that door? Others of you, I think, um, or before I jump into the next one, Kent, anything to say on that one? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, I think that is really good. I think we could waste a lot of time, a lot of time fantasizing things. And I think a lot of times we don't pursue it because we are afraid of the rejection that could potentially happen or we're afraid to just put ourselves out there. And so, yeah, I think that. So how do we knock in that situation? What does it look like to knock? Maybe to make <laughs> to make a little move, I guess. To... This isn't a trick question. I'm just saying, how would you knock? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of like funny things in my dating life throwback I just thought of the funniest story oh my gosh okay Uh, do tell well you know you know the story of Isaiah Kempf do you remember him I love (laughs) that you just gave the full name like why do you give full names so we can look him up on Instagram like it's just weird I don't even think he has one. I don't think he has one. Um, I just was like, you might not remember until I do. But he was a guy from high school and he was the pastor after high school. He was the quarterback of his football team. I mean, everything you could fantasize and want, right? Right. It went on and on and on. Long distance thing, crush from afar and basically just ended up wasting a lot of time. He came to visit at one point. Finally knocked. He came to visit at one point. Did you knock or did he, like, how did it go where you guys finally? Mm, It kind of was mutual. I can't really remember. So I wish it was like I knocked and, you know, he came. 
I don't know. It could have been that though, but something, something changed. Something yeah. happened. Yeah. Things got moving. And then it ultimately didn't work out. And it's a really funny story how it didn't work out. He came into town. I hosted a game night with a bunch of girlfriends. And he literally fell in love with one of the girls there. And (laughs) there goes me. And they're they're married now. And that's crazy. And, you know, I I guess I share that story because, honestly, it, it really didn't hurt like I I think I am like I think yeah maybe that's like my personality very talked about on the flirt on the Enneagram I'm like whatever he's a loser goodbye (laughs) um but I actually think for anybody in that situation like we we also fantasize the rejection right we're like I can't I'm gonna feel so hurt this is so scary oh my gosh what's gonna happen it's gonna be so awkward yeah I don't know if I'm going off on a tangent, but I I think think that's it's good and real to just face it, get it over with, or it becomes something. Well, I think that's so good because I think when we are obsessing over one door, like, do I knock on this? Do I not knock on this? We're missing out on the whole asking, seeking journey of what God might be doing because we're just like obsessing over this one door when I think Jesus is inviting us to just like knock on the door. Like, it's not that big of a deal to put yourself out there and say, hey, I like you. I'm interested in you. Like, where are you at? Because the best thing is they'll be like, I'm interested too. And then you're like, amazing. Let's try this out. And the worst thing is they're like, hey, I don't really like you. And and what's so – we think that's going to be so hard and so difficult, but it's actually freedom <laughs> because mm-hmm. we can stop obsessing over this thing that we've often – fantasize and to be something better in our mind than it actually really is. And then we get to go again on this journey with God of like, okay, that is not evidence that God is against you. It is evidence that of God's kindness and his goodness that like that isn't the door that you should have been wasting all your time with anyways, that there is something else out there that God wants to lead you to. And and by obsessing over one door, we're missing out on that. And so I think it's, I think that's a good example of you just saying like, this is the guy that was probably always in the back of your mind of like, oh, this guy, he's this, this, and this, it'd be amazing. And then getting him out of the way, like he found the person more right for him. And then you, Mm -hmm. you know, ended up on the journey that you needed to be on. So I think the same is true. We talk about this sometimes and even in the journey that we've had together in building a ministry, doing delight and for the girl and starting the podcast and doing everything we've gotten to to do. It's taken a lot of knocking on doors. And I just think oftentimes our first response is, oh, I don't know if I want to pursue him or I don't know if I want to pursue that yet. I might. I'm going to just pray about it. And when you sit back and we pray about it, and prayer is so good. As we talked about earlier, we've got to ask, we've got to listen to the voice of God. But it has to be paired with this knocking too. Yeah. At some point, you have to start moving forward. You got to move on, move forward because it's through that, that we're going to get the clarity that we need. You know, even taking that example with Isaiah, like I wouldn't have gotten clarity until he like came into town and like the thing got solidified, but yeah, whatever. And same with the journey of starting delay and starting this podcast, you know, if it didn't work out, if nobody started listening or if nobody started delight chapters, like so what? We wouldn't have done that. We would have pursued something else that God put on our heart or taken a pivot or whatever. But we had yeah. to like start knocking on a door and seeing which ones are going to open and which ones are closed. And I think I, I think, I think Christian 
culture is getting better at this, but I think there's still so yeah. much room to grow. Yeah, it doesn't say pray and it'll be given, you know, pray and you'll find pray and (laughs) the door will be open. It says ask, seek, knock. And so I love that like the final step in the process is the going out on a limb and like taking the risk and knowing that in the opening and in the closing of the door, like God is good and and God is for you in it. So I love I love stepping out on a limb and we don't do it alone like we do it with Jesus. So. Okay, that was kind of the first door. The second door that I think a lot of people find themselves behind is people knocking on the totally wrong door because they are afraid that it's their only option. Like afraid that, oh my goodness, like if I don't knock on this door, if I don't like go through with this relationship, then there's going to be no other options for me. And I'm just at my limit here. I'm at my end here. And this is the only option. So we we waste our time on these on these, you know, opportunities with relationships with guys that we just know are not right for us. And I know for me, one one that is like kind of hilarious to admit <laughs> is that there was a guy right before I met Tyler, who's now my husband. Um, he was just like a longtime friend of mine. He's an awesome guy, like sweetest, kindest, most amazing guy. But he's I wouldn't say he's fully on fire for the Lord. Like he he has faith for sure, but it's not this kind of like his whole life isn't centered around who Jesus is in his life. And uh, it's so funny because like everybody in my life was telling me, why don't you date him? Why don't you date him? Like literally my parents who both love Jesus a ton, even Ken's was like, maybe you should give it a shot. And <laughs> it's so funny because they didn't know what I knew, which what I knew was like, I just did never have peace about it. Like I knew what God was saying. Like I knew God was saying that that is not what I have for you. And but it it was so crazy how close I was to just being like, but what if the guy that I, you know, I know you do have for me, like what if he's not out there? And like what if this is my best option and I pass it by because I just feel like there's some fantasy guy out there that's never going to be there. And and I, I came so close to going down that road. And it was very closely after that that I met Tyler. And uh, Tyler was a whole different type of knocking situation. But just this idea that uh, I think we know deep down in our hearts, like we know that there's not peace for this person or this relationship that we're pursuing. But the truth is that we're just terrified that like, what if there's nobody else out there? And so what if I do just need to settle? And and those are not the doors that I think that God is calling us to knock in. Like, I love that knocking happens after asking and seeking, meaning that God will lead you to the doors that we're supposed to knock on or the doors that like we're supposed to learn from. And, and I just knew that that was not the door I was supposed to be knocking on, yet I came so close. And so, yeah, if that's you, I just encourage you like, <laughs> Trust the asking and the seeking process to tell you if that is a door that you are supposed to knock on or if it is a door that you're supposed to kind of leave behind and look for other doors. Mm-hmm. So real. I think that that could be so true. We're like, there's nothing out here. And it, I think it's, it, I've been mentioning the moping the whole time that it kind of like begins with the moping. We're like, want, want, there's nothing here for me. I guess I'll knock on this door. And it, just everything we've already talked about, I think will yeah. lead us to a different pursuit of our future yeah. someone. Okay. And then my last bucket of girls, some of us are not knocking at 
all, we are like anti-knockers. We're refusing to knock on doors that we've deemed not right for us because of some worldly or cultural standard that we've picked up. And, you know, maybe there are plenty of doors that we could have knocked on, but we're waiting for some fantasy of a door to plop itself in our life. And I think this was so me so often. There were so many times I looked past a lot of amazing guys because they they didn't fit my checklist. There's actually one guy in particular I can think of. Like, obviously, I'm not married to him or I love who I'm married to. This sounds even weird to say, but there's this amazing mm-hmm. guy in college who uh, really liked me. And he was like, Ken's and I talk about it a lot. We're talking about good old faithfuls <laughs> who are just <laughs> like, they maybe are not like the cutest guy in the world, but they have a heart of gold. And he was one of those guys, like literal heart of gold. And he was so sweet to me and like, pursued me in some like really kind ways. And I just was not interested. And the only reason I was not interested was just because he wasn't this cool guy vibe I had pictured in my mind and in my heart. And I don't know what would have happened if I had given him a chance because I literally gave him zero chance. (laughs) I didn't give him the time of day. And I just, I just think that like, that wasn't what God was calling me to. Like God was not calling me to like shut him down completely. Like I, I, who knows how God could have moved if I would have gone out on the limb and knocked on that door. And and I just think we all have those things in our situations in our life where we've said it's a no because he's two inches shorter than us. Or we said it's a no because he's this or that thing that we've decided we don't want. And I think we just have to be careful here because we could just be missing out on some really beautiful things that God can do if we would just kind of take these culturally and worldly standards and let God move in them and let God do his thing and work in our hearts. So this takes some discernment to figure out if this is you, but you know if this is you or not. Mm -hmm. It's so real. It's so real. This is exciting. I like the conversation about knocking and I think it will get you out of your comfort zone, which only gets you more reliant and desperate for God to move and to show up. And yeah, I just can't wait to see all of you guys knocking and just trusting that he's sovereign over what what's on the other side of that door because he really, really is and he's going to be really good. And he's yeah. a God of clarity, speaks clearly, and will guide you to the right thing in his perfect timing. And so that's exciting. Yeah, so true. So we just encourage you just to be the type of women who are relentlessly asking your father questions, diligently seeking out his answers, and then courageously knocking on the doors that he places in your path. We know that there's no perfect rule book or formula to go about dating and pursuing relationships, but we can promise that this journey is a lot more fruitful and fun when you spend it with Jesus asking, seeking, and knocking. And so that's all we have for you today. We'll be back next week with our final episode of the Dating Devo series, and we will talk with you then. Bye.